the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. You got all the info you need for Dinesh Later and Janie Beth? Oh, <laughs> Welcome to tonight's post-debate coverage here on The Answer San Diego. Didn't know that we were actually live uh, because, you know what, I think what happened was I think we put a lid on this debate. It's actually still going right now. and uh, But we decided we were going to go ahead and come to you guys because I don't know that I could stand it anymore. I am Andrea Kay, host of the Andrea Kay Show here on The Answer. Joining me tonight for this post-debate analysis is my brother Ed Martin, who's host of the Pro-America Report here, and he joins me now. Ed, I mean, I, I, yeah. I just got to throw it I'm, to you, my friend. I mean, yeah, you know, give I'm us, with you. Give us uh, your uh, – uh, well, <laughs> what do you have to say Col- about Ann this? Coulter had this. Ann Coulter had the tweet of the day, I think. She said, uh, America has to choose between the old or the obnoxious. I mean, you know, it clearly was rough and tumble. Joe Biden looks weak, and he looks, uh, he's a lot, I mean, he's blatantly lying over and over. And of course, the president is the president. He's, uh, interjecting and fighting and uh and it i don't know who it helped to be honest i think um i think it's just a kind of choppy mess and i don't know who it helped you know well i think who honestly i think who it helped is i think that the far left libs that wanted to see president trump be disrespected wanted to see joe biden be propped up by the moderator uh got what they were looking for tonight uh thanks to chris wallace joe biden the decrepit Old, uh, corrupt crony, cokehead daddy of Hunter Biden. Thank you, President Trump, for pointing that out tonight for the five seconds he was allowed to actually speak. Uh, Joe Biden was held up by Chris Wallace. And Trump said one of the highlights of the lines for me tonight was, I guess I'm debating him, uh, uh, not you which was Trump to Joe Biden. Trump could hardly get a word in. The format was a setup was overly controlled and in the topics that were selected and the amount of time they were given to respond. And the fact that the second that Trump would start to make points, Trump was not allowed to rebut anything. And the second Trump started to make points, he was interrupted by Chris Wallace. That's how I saw it. How did you see it? I think you're right. I mean, I think it was uh, it was um, certainly overly uh, Wallace was clearly allowing more to go on uh, and in favor of Biden. Here's what it makes me really angry is there were at least three, maybe four hoaxes that have been perpetrated by the mainstream media and that they continue to do now. Right. So the fine people hoax of Charlottesville, the bleach injection hoax, and then the calling the military idiots hoax. I mean, all those are hoaxes and, and no one. And, and you know, one of them was I. I think the Charlottesville fine people hoax was offered up by Chris Wallace. I mean, so at a certain point, you're like, wait, it really is two on one. And the only good thing in terms of the impression, you know, I I often say on my program that there's no such thing as a knockout blow in in campaign politics. Very, very uncommon that you get a, a real knockout. It's more death by a thousand cuts. And I don't think Joe Biden looked presidentially strong and energetic. Trump looked like Trump, right? Trump looks like Trump. He always does. You get the rhythm. 
rhythm of it. You kind of either, you either some people love it. I love it. Some people tolerate it because they like the angles. And then some people, you know, his angles on business and on, on pro-America. And then some people hate it. And so that is what it is. But I think Biden looked weak. He looked old. He looked frail. You know, I, I he also, one thing Trump does, it's a trick that people don't realize, is he pulls people down to where he is, and they're not as good at it. He kind of gets away with being this rapscallion New Yorker and keeps winning. When Joe Biden said, shut up, when Joe Biden called him a clown, mm-hmm. he descended in the fray into what's beneath presidential. And that doesn't help Biden, right? Biden was supposed to be the one that was high integrity and classy and above it all. And he's down in the weeds with Trump in the dirt. And Trump likes that. Trump likes to get in. Now you want to pig, you know, mud wrestle. Trump will be right there with you. Well, I think that Trump started actually when the opening question was about the Supreme Court. And I thought he I thought he I was reminded back to 2015 how he would open the debates kind of sitting back a little bit in his seat. Kind of want, you know, going to take the temperature of the room a little bit. And, and then, then it became clear to him, you know, when, it, that he needed to pounce and he needed to pounce early on. It, he was, he was, he was trying to sense what was going on. And then, then he went for it, um, after the question about Amy Coney Barrett. I think, uh, one of the things that was most disturbing to me was a couple moments. One, um, in particular had to do with, uh, Hunter Biden. Chris Wallace interrupted and said, I, I want to move on from to, to something that the voters really care about. Let's talk climate change. Yeah, I want to talk about that, too. Joe Biden said, let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Did, exactly. Did, back in 2015 and 2016, when President Trump hosted rallies and people were chanting, lock her up and drain the swamp. Lock her up was not just about Hillary Clinton. It was about the fact that and drain the swamp. That, that, that was not meaningless to the voters. The voters already knew then long before of what we know now, how corrupt things were. And how these elected officials, we had two sets of rules, two sets of laws for the elites in Washington versus the American people. And while we have Americans that have been destroyed economically because of this Democrat Party, either through the coronavirus shutdowns or through the the lawlessness that's going on in these cities for Chris Wallace, who should have, if he had half a shred of any uh, journalistic integrity, would have asked Biden himself proactively those questions instead shuts it down. The American people absolutely care when we have a 47 year career professional who used the vice presidency as as a means to line the pockets of his family, including a crackhead son who was dishonorably discharged from the military. In fact, that was a topic that the Trump supporters desperately wanted to see addressed. And it was factual. Right. Well, look, at, and one, one of the, but let me, at the beginning of the debate, it goes fast. And I know our listeners are tuning in. Some are over there and, uh, I'm still watching. It's just ending now. I'm watching it up on the screen. And, uh, and, and, but at the very beginning, one thing you had to notice, and this is, this is where you can tell Biden prepared. And I think Trump did too. The first question was about the Supreme Court. And, uh, and Biden effectively switched it to a question of healthcare. And he talked about healthcare. Now that's a talking point of the Democrats in the 2018 election, you know, where the Democrats succeeded in more local races, congressional races and others, the one issue that polled in their favor was health care because everybody in the country knows health care has uh, costs have gone up. Access has been choppy. There's lots of reasons to worry. And of course, the Republicans ran for office for seven or eight or nine years. I think it's about eight and said, we're going to repla- repeal and replace or repeal and replace. And they never did it. Remember, McCain voted it down so that in 2018, that was a strong issue. It's still true now, by the way, that the health care issue is a strong issue for 
Democrats because it's confusing the voters. They don't just blame Obamacare anymore. And that, that's the reality of that issue. And, uh, and so you saw the Biden campaign switch that into, uh, into that uh, on that first question. I thought, okay, they prepared. They knew what they're doing. They were angling for it. And, uh, and they were doing it. I, look, I, I don't think it was an abject failure for uh, Biden. I think it was weak for him. But it wasn't either a home run for the president. I think it's a, it's a uh, you know, kind of where, again, thousand cuts is how you look at a campaign. And, uh, you know, we'll watch now and see the mainstream media spin it as the greatest victory uh, by, uh, by Joe Biden ever. Well, I think a couple things. Going back to the beginning with the with the SCOTUS and and um, and Trump knew going in that he was going to be up against two people. He didn't really know, you know, you don't know exactly what you're going to be facing in that in that position. Historically, we know that incumbent presidents typically lose the first debate. You know, they go from being a campaigner to having to govern, and in this case, there has not been a president in our lifetimes, if ever, who's had to face what he's had to face with in the middle of an ongoing coup attempt facing a pandemic in which he had the health community, the government health community, as in the tank against him as those in the FBI and the DOJ. And it put him in so and he's had to work with Democrat governors and then to have to shift back into fierce debate mode is incredibly challenging for anybody. And I thought Trump did in general a great job. I thought he missed some opportunities and I think that he's going to clean it up for the next one. I would like to see going forward on a bigger picture. And I've been saying this for many years that the Republican Party needed to stop, given the, the nature of the media today, needed to stop agreeing to any moderators. There should be an intern who sets a clock. I told you this last night with the topic, and that's right. it. When it comes to Amy Coney Barrett, I thought that he missed some opportunities to talk about the importance of having somebody that is going to rule, uh, who's going to work as a justice to uphold the rule of law, not make policy from the court. And explain to the American people why that's so important versus having policymakers on the court. And um, and in the case of Roe v. Although I do think at one point um, he remembered uh, that RBG is the one who said when the the discussion was about did he have the right to nominate somebody right now. He said it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg who said the president is president for the full four years. I think he could have been a little bit tighter on the health care. I kind of wished he had said, you know what, I had a repeal and replace ready. And unfortunately, John McCain chose to to fly back and vote no against it and leave the American people with Obamacare. And at that point, I had to do what I could do as the president to try to make what changes I could make until I had a Republican Party. He could have gone back to 2016 Trump busting both parties. What do you think about that? Uh, no, yeah, I think that's right. I think your I think your instinct, especially on the cleanup, right? This president, um, he's going to sharpen some of the uh, some of the focus uh, next time. And um, I I don't know. I I have to say. I was found myself smiling and laughing along when the president was kind of, you know, doing the president thing where he kind of has that smirk and he interjects and all. But I, I agree with you. I felt like the, there were moments where he could have said something specific to sort of put a halt to it. Like, for example, the fine people hoax. He did say if you watch that again, if you ran back the tape, he did actually say I saw him say, um, listen to the rest of the statement or, or you know, meaning what the, what the fine people hoax is that he says there are fine people on both sides. One 
one sentence later, he says, and I'm not talking about the white supremacist or the neo-Nazis. Uh, neo they should be condemned completely. And that's what he should have said. He, he, I wish he would have uh, kind of almost dumbed it down and played those defenses. But he's so sick of it. Look, at the end of the debate, I also thought the thing that made me think he almost seemed sort of um, tired as he said it. He said, I never got a peaceful transition. We had the Hillary, you know, a crooked Hillary doing her thing. We now know today the, the, the declassified uh, uh, documents that show it was a plan from the beginning by the Hillary Clinton people. Then the FBI picked it up and that was all in there. You know, so the president had the coup, the Russia hoax coup against him. And he said, I never had a transition. You know, you guys say you're going to be such good people. You want me to be such a good guy mm -hmm. if I lost and you didn't do it for me. And I think that that's um, just so terrible what we've seen. But then, you know, we're going to talk later in the show with John Schlafly and John and I were watching this together and he said, what does middle America think of this, right? Where is the where is the where is the gain for voters? And I'm not sure we we know yet. Well, I think, and I'm thinking about the winner, and who was the winner of tonight's debate, and who was the loser. The loser, in my opinion, was the American voter, because the loser, uh, the, the American voters heard lies, hoaxes propaganda pushed out as fact by someone who's supposed to be considered a journalist and, and, and a leading journalist in this country, somebody who's supposed to have credibility. And you're right. It Mr. Biden, you said that you ran for office because Trump said, and he, and he made the statement in, in the affirmative as though Trump actually said there will find people on both sides, right. that he should be right. fired tomorrow. That is such a disservice to push out that kind of lie to the American people under the guise. One thing, if he was an opinion, opinionator, if he was, if he was somebody who does opinion shows but he's supposed to be a journalist and you know so when you've got the american people not being allowed to hear any information about joe biden's corruption and what he did in office having that shut down when trump the president of the united states who's in charge of leading us in this coronavirus pandemic was interrupted every time he tried to give out the details of what he has done for the American people, that is a disservice to the to the American voter to not hear those details. And I don't care whether or not Chris Wallace liked it. I don't care whether or not it was, oh, your two minutes are up. You should never have a format of a debate that keeps the American people from getting the information that they need. Yeah, I, I agree. You know, and looking, I'm looking on social media right now. Uh, Chris Wallace is getting savaged, as, and rightly so. Um, you know, uh, here's another wrinkle to put into this, though. Don't you think... Pretty likely the Biden campaign comes out tomorrow and says that was too messy. We're not doing another one. Isn't that the best move they could do? If you're trying to get out of the rest of the debate, say, oh, we're not going to do that again. That was too messy. And because uh, I, I mean, again, I don't he 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 did well enough to not look like he was totally disabled. Um, so I don't know that he wants to risk it again. And I think I'm just watching Twitter. There's some people tweeting that kind of comment. So, um, I, you know, look, I, I think um uh, also, a lot of people saying America lost today. But I, look, I, I don't think that. I, I, I think this is valuable. I think, uh, again, people get a feel for this. It also, one of the things about these debates is it also gets people's minds back to the fact there's election because they're not like you and me. They're more normal. They don't think about this all the time. And this will get them thinking that, hey, there is an election coming up. Absolutely. I just wish that it had gotten people thinking about uh, information based upon the facts versus propaganda and lies pushed out um, by a far left um 
uh, anti-Trumper who's masquerading as a journalist. Hey, we want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Up in a little bit, we've got Dinesh D'Souza, who's going to be here to give his perspective. A little bit later, Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots. We've got John Schlafly from the uh, Eagle Forum is going to be here. So we've got more coming up. So stay tuned. Again, 888-344-1170. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's special post-debate analysis here on The Answer San Diego with me, Andrea Kay from The Andrea Kay Show, and Ed Martin of the Pro-America Report. And Ed, we've got a couple callers on the line. We're going to go to Jack first. Yeah, from Southern California. Jack, you're on with uh, Andrea Kay and Ed Martin. Um, What are your thoughts about the debate? Thank you for taking my call. And I think uh, Trump was just how he is. Uh, I would have liked him to uh, 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 talk more about the uh, what he's done for the black uh, society and uh, people. But the thing is, is that is he is Trump. And and uh, and, uh, the thing I was frustrated with was his fact checking, because there were so many things that were probably lies because I've heard evidence uh, talked about. And that's what I get frustrated about. The people just don't know what's true or what's not, what's, to- what's said. And that's what I would love if, if the people had an easy access of what was knowing, what was true, and what mm-hmm. was false of what was said. And, and because that's how we have to base our opinion. Right. Your thoughts, Ed? Well, the problem is with the tr- the fact checking is that who's the fact checker, right? So mm-hmm. if you let it be the um, you know uh, the the um, mainstream media, I mean they're just not fair, right? They they say what are facts, so they're not facts. So we're in this sort of post fact checker period, and I think you know you what you what it has to come down to in some ways is who you believe, and uh, and I think that that's one of the problems is you you know and Trump alluded to it. The press is with Biden, and uh, Trump has to just be on his own. So um, I agree a bunch of lies. Um, I especially thought the hoax is the one that, I don't mind. Huh? Go ahead. I just have a comment after, please. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I made enough of a comment the on comment, that. I don't think it's easy to solve. The comment, go was, ahead. The comment in, in here in Southern California, I listened to Carl DeMaio, and there's so much evidence of, of uh, male fraud, uh, fraud uh, that it's overwhelming, uh, the evidence. And that's why I, I got off on this fact-checking thing where, mm-hmm. where it's, there's so much fraud going on, and it's proof. I mean, they got, we got the hard proof of it. Right. And uh, 100,000, they just found 100,000. Yeah. And uh, so, so that's what I'm frustrated right. with is, is that the American people, uh, they're not going to know which way to go, even though probably 90% of them already, uh, already made up their mind. Yeah, Jack, I'm going to jump in here, and then we're going to let you go because we're going to make time to Thank take you. a call from John. Thank you Thank um, before you. we go. I would like to say, Ed, and I don't know if you agree with me here, I know that the yeah. American people has so much time. They're spending so much time raising their families, trying to get their business back operating or figuring out what to do if they're in a Democrat-controlled state that's not allowing them to reopen. But we need to accept responsibility for our country in the form of doing our own job and not sitting back and allowing ourselves to be spoon-fed on what the facts are. The facts are out there for each and every American to uncover for ourselves. It's That's just right. It's just going to take some work to go and find it. You're going to have to do the work for yourself because you cannot trust. If there's one thing that people should take away from tonight is that there are some good people. I love people. you guys. Love you. There's, 70. I love you Thank guys. you. Thank you so much. There are some good people on Fox News, but I, I think seeing Chris Wallace behave the way he did tonight, you cannot count on any 
any mainstream media outlet. You've got to do your own research. Re- the facts are out there, you, and then you can make up your own not mind, and then you'll know who's who's t- telling the truth and who's not. Uh, we're going to go to John, who's waiting. I think John's from San Diego. Hi, John. Welcome to Post Debate Analysis with Andrea K. and Ed Martin. Hello, Andrea. Hello, Ed. Yes. Hi. One thing also, too, I'd like to say that uh, the, the, the incumbent had kept his composure, like he uh, always does, and uh, the facts is fact-checking on Biden's part was just really pigeonholed and all that. Uh, he was really just throwing things out there. He says, we'll do this, we'll do that, and uh, I don't think that holds water whatsoever. And, um, oh, and then Chris Wallace had called on the um, the former vice president as Mr. Vice President. Mm-hmm. And I wish they'd keep their facts uh, straight is that he's the former vice president. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think the debate was really handled well by the incumbent. And uh, it was really excellent. And there's a little bit too too much interference with the the, uh, the proctor and um, mm-hmm. yeah I think I, I in, in the notes in the caller ID it looked as though you wanted to comment on I'm not going to say the B word but when oh, yeah. when President yeah. Trump corrected that he did not call military any the military uh, losers and suckers uh, yeah. and that it was Joe Biden who had called them stupid bees and Joe Biden denied it yeah. and and as Trump was yeah. saying this Chris Wallace was talking over him because he didn't want the American people to hear the truth and getting back referring back to my previous caller you can find out the truth by googling it because the videos yeah. of Joe Biden calling them uh, stupid bees and then following up and saying you're not a bright bunch is on video everywhere. So, John, thank you yeah. for calling in. Anything you want to add to that, Ed Martin? Yeah. Uh, well, the one thing I want observation, I'm sitting here making thoughts and some notes on this. And think about this, Andrea. The reason Donald Trump won was not tax cuts. It wasn't uh, handling covid. He won in 2016 on a message of build the wall and stop immigration, put Americans first, and then lastly, drain the swamp. Tonight, we heard drain the swamp a little bit, um, and we heard nothing about build the wall, nothing about immigration. Mm-hmm. I just My point is, is, in a funny way, on the issue sort of matrix, this was like a Republican versus Democrat debate on issues like we've had. It could have been Romney versus uh, uh, Obama. And I don't think that's good for Trump. I think now I think he holds his base and all. But I think that there's a lot of people that, that still want to know on build the wall, stopping immigration mm-hmm. on America first. America first. There was I don't think there was a mention this whole debate about Joe Biden. You took us to wars over and over and over in your 47 years. And I bring in our troops home. I think American people want to hear that um, again. The, the the moderator and the sort of insider swamp culture carry the debate into a discussion of tax cuts and racism and I don't know. They spent, I guess law and order is one. Well, they spent more. Not, t- that's not Trump's strength, yeah. right? Well, it, you know, we've got a, I think about a minute left. Yeah, um, they they spent more time on climate change than I think any other segment. Yeah, and I think that and I and I tweeted out today and put on Facebook. What are we not hearing tonight? We're not hearing anything about immigration. We're not hearing anything about education. And we're not hearing anything about uh, terrorism. And those were areas that Trump, that his his agenda was based on. And what the left did 
successfully was by burning down cities, exploiting the deaths of people. Black Lives Matter has nothing at all to do with George Floyd's death or Breonna Taylor. It has to do with they are a Marxist. And here's where I thought Trump missed an opportunity in explaining that the Black Lives Matter movement hijacked uh, uh, the concerns that some of the protesters had about about George Floyd. They are a stated Marxist organization meant to transform us into their socialist utopia, and they're using terroristic means to do so and sowing division. And um, they are against everything that the Make America Great Again movement is all about. And uh, that tees us up perfectly for Dinesh D'Souza is going to be with us at the top of the hour because he said that he, and he's got Trump card documentary coming out, which is all about the choice about what's at stake in this election. And it's the American dream and the left did everything that they could tonight to not have that be completely exposed to you. And we're going to talk to Dinesh D'Souza about it when we come back. So stay tuned. we got more post-debate analysis with me, Andrea Kay, and Ed Martin coming up. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego. Glad to have you guys with us tonight. I'm Andrea Kay with... Ed Martin, good to be together. Thank you. Uh, great to be back and uh, fun to do this after the debate. Uh, really cool to uh, get to listen, to, especially callers. Great to have the callers call in. So, uh, Ed, who do we have with us now? <laughs> oh, sorry. I wasn't sure. So we're, we're working our way through this, everybody. Hey, our next guest is Dinesh D'Souza. And if you don't know Dinesh D'Souza, you haven't been awake or alive for about 25 years. Dinesh D'Souza, he was a best-selling author first. He ran a university for a while. Then he started making films. And I remember really thinking the 2016 Obama's America film was really the first one I thought, huh, he sees something. And I think really he's now kind of hit his stride. And just in a few days, I guess about a week from today, a new uh, documentary will be out. It's called Trump Card. It's available on October 6th. So it's great to welcome Dinesh D'Souza to the program. Dinesh, how are you tonight, sir? Hey, it's great to be on the show. Thank you for having me. So Dinesh, uh, you've watched a lot of debates. What'd you think tonight? Well, I think it was a brawl. Um, It was a debate that was, I think, won narrowly on points by Trump. Um, Now, Mm -hmm. that's Quite an accomplishment for Trump for the simple reason that the debate was really two against one. I think what happened is the referee, namely Chris Wallace, decided to jump in at a few points and throw a punch at Trump. He didn't really throw any punches at Biden. Uh, I felt his questions at Trump were aimed at putting Trump into a corner, whereas questions at Biden were kind of, how would you explain yourself? They were much more benign. So this was a strange debate, not a normal type of fight. That being said, I think Trump interrupted too much. Uh, At times, he was a little bit too uh, aggressive. He could have waited his turn and then thrown his punches. Uh, Biden, I think, survived the low bar. Some people thought that he wouldn't even be able to finish his sentences. And, of course, he did get some of them garbled. Uh, But on the other hand, he was more... (laughs) moderately coherent throughout the debate. And by that standard of low expectation, I think he came out okay. Dinesh, 
Dinesh D'Souza, and let me just say again, the, the, his uh, net movie, which is out, his next documentary, which is out on October 6th, it's called Trump Card, Beating Socialism, Corruption, and the Deep State. Um, sorry, Andrew, let me follow up with Dinesh on one Certainly. question. Um, at the very, Towards the end of the debate, the president did get into the sort of deep state question. But if you ask me to name the three themes of Trump's 2016 win that really captured the country, one was build the wall, one was drain the swamp, and the other was America first. And the sort of pull us back and focus on us. He actually didn't get those three into this debate. He kind of got buffeted by the framing of the issues, as you point out, of Wallace and Biden. I, I mean, what do you think on, you know, you're a great communicator and, 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 you know, in your movies and in writings, it didn't feel like Trump ever got control of the, of the, the, the issues that he wanted. Well, I don't agree, because I think that the election in 2020 is not going to be won on those issues. You can't win right now on the wall. Uh, law and order, I think, is a much more powerful issue than the wall. Why? Mm. Because uh, the wall is invisible to some degree, but law and order is something you see right in front of you. The, if you have basically your cities in, in flames, uh, people coming up to you in a restaurant and overturning your table and punching you out. I mean, this is just behavior that's un-American and intolerable. I think Trump scored on that point. Um, Biden had points where he scored. And at times, I think Biden was smart to look at the camera and speak to the American people without a message of unity. Now, I don't think it's a real message of unity, but nevertheless, it gives the impression that Biden wants to be a healer. And I think there were times when Biden did score a point on that on that on that uh, count. Uh, hi, Dinesh. Andrew Kay here, where I felt like, you know, your documentary is about will America succumb to identity socialism? And I felt like there were a couple of areas in which uh, President Trump missed an opportunity. It was so frenzied. The, the format was so overly controlled with so little time for him. Uh, to actually, every time he made some good points, like on coronavirus, he was interrupted, where I felt like he had some opportunity to talk about what you talk about in the documentary is what's at stake in this election. And it's the American dream and the choices between Marxism and America and freedom as we know it. And I felt like he missed a little opportunity when talking about their in the race segment and sharing with the American people what this Black Lives Matter movement is really about, how it hijacked and exploited some deaths of Americans. They've declared themselves as a Marxist movement. And it's not about George Floyd. It's about ushering us into their Marxist utopia, using terroristic means and sowing division to do so. And then and then Trump could have you know compared you know what that marxist end game is going to look like um compared to his vision and then also when it came to the economy i felt like trump should have talked a little bit more about that your thoughts yeah i think the thing about trump is that he doesn't feel that he needs to explain even on things that where he feels like he's got a zinger He's content to throw out the one line without providing the context to it. The best example I can think of right off the top of my head, he, when Trump keeps saying, you got $35 million from Moscow. Now, what Trump should have said, I think, is something like this. Uh, you know, Mr. Biden, you have, on a government salary, gone from zero to $100 million. And you've done that because every time you've gone to a foreign country, you've had a family member in tow. And while you're having official meetings, your family member has been striking multi-million dollar deals, which have resulted in tens of millions of dollars from the Ukraine, from China, from other countries, all coming into the Biden family coffers. Is this not a fact? And don't you think this kind of behavior is shockingly inappropriate? Now, see, Biden could never dodge that. But if you just throw out a 
single fact. Like, then you get $35 million, Biden mm-hmm. can say, well, that's been looked at, that's been discredited, even though it has not been discredited. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what Biden means is that his own defenders have rallied his defense on that point. But Biden was able to parry it because Trump didn't lay out the context for this, for what really, I think, is a very systematic family corruption racket. Hey, Dinesh, I'm looking at your uh, the description of the new movie coming out on October 6th, Trump Card, Beating Socialism, Corruption in the Deep State. And the focus in this, uh, you know, is exposing that what socialism, the corruption and what the Democrat Party's become. I thought an effective line that the president clearly had positioned was he, he kept saying, well, that you just lost the far left. Aren't you for the Green Deal? You know, he sort of put on to to on uh, Biden that, that the, De- the Democrat Party has gone far to the left, to the to the crazy left and you can't pretend it's not I, I how effective did you think when you're thinking about your own uh, movie that's coming out trump card how do you think that that issue weaved through the debate tonight well i think that trump needs to show needed to make the case that the whole base of the democratic party has moved in the socialist direction even the word socialism is now mainstream mm-hmm. uh, among democrats when the democratic candidates were asked if any of them were worried or would object to socialism, only one, Amy Klobuchar, one of the very minor candidates, raised even a modest objection. The others didn't even raise their hands, including Biden. So the point here is that, but, but the problem for Trump is that Biden and the far left have made a deal, that the far left will sort of hang with Biden in the expectation that when Biden gets in, then they will get to do their thing. So Trump was trying to drive a wedge between Biden and the far left, But that wedge has been camouflaged for election purposes and is not evident to the American, the ordinary American voter watching it isn't aware that there is this wedge. Well, yeah, and and it became more of a brawl. You're right about Trump not being somebody who who likes to educate. He's more of getting down and, you know, throw the punches and throw the one liners out. And, you know, that oftentimes those kinds of sound bites often win, win voters over because we're the kind of people right now have limited attention spans. But many of us want to be educated on the facts. And so tell everybody what's in your movie Trump Card. I know they can go see it if they go to SalemNow.com. But I want you to make sure people understand that they can how they're going to learn and what they're going to learn in your documentary about what's at stake in America and the two different visions that the parties have? Well, the documentary is really a journey, and it shows how socialism, which is really the, one of the most discredited ideas in history. Socialism has been tried in 25 countries. It's failed everywhere. It's, it's basically the most discredited idea since slavery. And the very fact that it's become respectable now in the Democratic Party um, is, I think, a, a remarkable development in American politics. So we show how this happened. We show the impact of it. We also show that this is not just about economics. Um, uh, there are lots of people on the left who care more about abortion than they do about the minimum wage. They they care more about the transgender bathroom than they do about universal basic income. So there's a cultural Marxism that goes along with economic socialism. And ultimately, what this is about is enforced conformity, which is basically taking citizens and making them pawns of the government, where not only their earnings, but even their rights are at the mercy of the state. I think that's a consistent theme. I wish that Trump had dwelled on that Mm -hmm. theme and shown that even coronavirus has become a pretext Mm -hmm. for taking away people's civil rights. I mean, nowhere in the Constitution does it say you have a right to free speech except under a virus. You have a right to religious liberty, except if there's a virus. You have a right to assembly unless there's a virus. I mean, this is nonsense. Um, And yet this is basically what these Democratic mayors and governors have done, overriding our constitutional liberties. 
The movie is Trump Card, and you can watch it at SalemNow.com forward slash Trump Card. There will be two more debates, Dinesh. And, you know, historically, the incumbent president loses the first one. It's a tough transition from governing back to debate mode. Um, If you could give advice to President Trump for the second debate, what would it be? Well, it would be to um, that the most effective punchers are not the guys who run out and start throwing wildly. It's much better to hang back at times, let the other guy go, let him extend himself, and then counterpunch. So it's just simple debate strategy of taking the debate in stride, listening to what is being said. Don't feel that as Biden is speaking, you have to jump in and violently shake your head and object. But Biden did the same thing, by the way, and Biden was out of control when he calls Trump a clown and he calls him a racist and he says you know you're a liar you've never told the truth in your life i mean all this kind of both men in that sense were unhinged today uh and i think it's it, you know in some ways it's a sad reflection of our, a broader reflection on our politics i agree well dinesh d'souza thank you for being here and you guys go watch the movie now salemnow.com trump card and tell everybody to go and watch it there this is truly what's at stake and it is the the choice that we face in november is really about america as we know it or it's about the democrats taking over and what you're seeing happening across the states with these shutdowns and this black lives matter and all that is is where we're going in the future if we don't understand what's at stake and vote accordingly dinesh d'souza thank you so much for being here my pleasure All right, Ed, we're going to be back? Yeah, let's do it. All right, now y'all come back with us. 888-344-1170. We've got Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots. I can't wait to hear what she's got to say about the Biden and the climate change and his economic plan and more. So come on back. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's Answer San Diego post-debate analysis with Andrea Kay and Ed Martin of the Pro-America Report. Before the break, we were talking to Dinesh D'Souza, and he was telling us some of his uh, his uh, thoughts on the debate. And he, his, his conclusion was that Trump won marginally on the points, and he felt like they both got a little bit too much into, into the fighting and the brawling, and he didn't think that that was a good look for either. So our next guest joins us, Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots. And I'm curious to see what you have to say about it on tonight's debate. Welcome back to the show, Jenny Beth Martin. Thank you so much for having me. It's good to be with you. Um, Well, it was certainly an exciting debate. and um, They were definitely brawling. I think that Trump made two very important points for the night. The most important point that he made is that he said, Joe Biden had 47 years to make changes in government. Trump has been working for 47 months. And I think that is maybe one of the most important points that Trump made tonight. And the other thing that I think that he attempted to do that ultimately just leaves questions in people's minds, hopefully they will research it, is asking about Hunter Biden and the three and a half million dollars he got from Moscow and the other money that he received from China and Ukraine, but especially hammering and nailing down on the three and a half million dollars. And Biden never had an answer for that. 
Hey, Jenny Beth, it's Ed Martin. And uh, Jenny Beth, you know, one of the things that uh, you have done so well leading your crew is you've got your finger on the sort of pulse of what I would call the I, grassroots, it's, you know, populist uh, Tea Party energy. Um, I was mentioning earlier to Andrew as we are talking, um, and, and actually we had a good pushback from one of our guests telling me, thought, well, no, law and order is the bigger issue. But I didn't hear anything about immigration. I didn't hear anything about amnesty. You know, tr- uh, Trump has, has clearly has a tougher position, a harder line position on immigration, building the wall. And Biden has a position that's in favor of amnesty, in favor of more immigration, in favor of illegals. I think that issue uh, is broader. It, it draws more voters than just the Republican base or even the Trumpian base. I think it's got a bunch of sort of crossover voters. What do you think about that? Um, I, you know, Ed, that's a good point. And, and President Trump did talk a lot about law and order, and Joe Biden was not even able to see the phrase yeah. law and order. And he could not name a single police organization in the entire country who has has an organization that has endorsed Biden. Um, not granting amnesty and having a secure border goes to law and order. Remember that the yep, Democrats first wanted to, to defund ICE and to get rid of ICE, and um, then it mm-hmm. expanded to police and wanting to, to disband and dismantle police. So it the, the, they started with the immigration the immigration and customs enforcement, and they expanded from there. The fact is, I don't think that we had the opportunity tonight to hear as much about the promises that President Trump made four years ago and how he has kept those promises. And working to secure the border is one way he has done that. I think by Election Day, we're going to have 400 miles of border fencing. And I don't think that any I I don't think Chris Wallace or Joe Biden want to highlight that Trump has been successful with that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Jenny Beth, another thing, though, I, I, I thought of as we're getting ready for you being on, you, you have a sense of these issues, how they play out. I, I do think it was um, if you think about a preparation for the debate, the first question's on the Supreme Court and um, Biden turns it into a health care question. Uh, pre-existing conditions. What's your health care plan? Of course, my, um, Chris Wallace goes right along with it and and plays along. You know, what is your plan? You don't have a plan. Of course, the president has about 10 different things he did. His first plan was stymied by a guy named John McCain, who said for seven years he would vote to repeal Obamacare and then didn't, you know, uh, rest in peace. Uh, but, you know, I do think that issue, the health care issue, the president's got a list. He's got to be able to say more quickly, here's the things I did. He does it well on judges. He does it well on the economy. He does it well on sort of getting out of the way of American ingenuity and all. But on health care, there's, there's, there's an Achilles heel there that I think uh, he's got to better have had a has got to have a better answer on. Um, I think that that is a very valid point and very constructive feedback for the president. Um, I went to the health care policy um, speech that he did last Thursday, and the big point is that he wants better better quality health care, more choices, and lower prices. And that goes along with his entire philosophy. When you have um, more choices and more freedom, you will wind up with better quality and, and lower prices. So he knows 
how to do that from a business standpoint, I think that it's going to be very important that he that he does what you just said and he talks more about that over the next month. Um, the reason for that is that the Democrats are going the the in 2018 they turned the election into for the House the House of Representatives, they turned it into an election about health care, and it is clear that's what they are trying to do again in the last few weeks of this election. We mm-hmm. should not be deaf to that. We need to pay attention to it, and it's a good point you brought up. Well, I think, um, hi, Jenny Beth, I think that um, it is a great point, and I think that the, the reason why Trump struggles with it is because uh, the only way he could really uh, not struggle with it is if he were to call out the Republican Party, um, which he doesn't want to do right now because he needs every senator and everyone in the House to get reelected and actually win back the House. And it makes so he's in a t- he's in a corner. Uh, the Republican Party has backed him into a corner to, to stammer a little bit because, yeah, he wa- and he wanted that to be the first thing that they did. When he took office in, in 2017, and it was it was Paul Ryan and others uh, before even before John McCain stabbed him in the back. And so uh, but he has done a few things like lower cost on prescription drugs. He wanted to get the um, the hospitals to have to disclose their pricing. You know, he's worked hard on, you know, and he could have even tie in healthcare with what he's done with coronavirus and what he's done to help. You know, he's working on the. No surprise medical billing. Um, there's things that, but so Ed Martin is right. There, there's things that he needs to have elicited. He's better able to articulate, but he's also been put in a jam by the Republican Party. How do you see the the races? Do you, you know, and and I know we're watching on to talk about post debate post debate analysis, but you're also understanding what's happening across the country. Um, how is it looking for us to have the possibility of keeping our majority in the Senate as well as taking back the House? Um, I think that the most important thing the Senate can do right now is to have the hearing for Amy Coney Barrett and then to have the vote for her and ultimately to confirm her to the Supreme Court. We elected President Trump to become president and Republicans to the Senate in large part because of the Supreme Court. If they do not do that, they will lose their base. The Senate will lose their base. And that will reflect... um, I think that will go up and down the ticket. The president has done his job. The Senate now needs to do theirs. Um, If they do that, I I, I don't think it's going to be a walk in the park, but I do think that we can hold on to the Senate. They just need to explain why they're doing it and and what motivates them to do so. And I um, think they're going to need to be able to explain what they would do if they controlled the House and the Senate and the White House when it comes to health care, because the Democrats are going to try to use that against Republicans. The other thing that they can talk about uh, offensively is law and order and the fact that they respect police and they want us to have safe communities and to have a safer America. And um, I think that's going to be very important in in all races, especially in the races that affect the suburban moms, which did not go well for Republicans in 2018. They care about knowing that their children are going to be able to get a good education, which means we have to reopen the country and reopen schools. And that is not it's clear President Trump wants that the local and state authorities have not not done such a great job in many places in reopening schools. And they also want to know that there's going to be a safe country for their children right now, today, and in the future. I agree. Jenny Beth Martin from Tea Party Patriots. 
thank you so much for being here and all the work that you do. Anything else you want to ask, Ed, before we wrap? No, you know, I'll be interested, though, Jenny Beth. I hope I, I appreciate Jenny Beth and the Patriots, how they do it. They do a lot of things. I know, Andrew, you know, but where um, Jenny Beth listens to her members and they sort of poll them and see. I'd love to sort of pick up and hear your, the reactions over the next few days from your folks. You know, they're again, they're pretty astute. The Washington and the media and these insiders all talk to each other. And uh, we got to have more uh, wisdom from uh, the grassroots. So I'll look forward to seeing that and hearing that. Thanks for everything you do, Jenny Beth. Thank you. All right. Now, we're going to take a little skinny, skinny, tiny little break, but we will be back for more post-debate analysis with Andrea Kane, and Ed Martin, and we'd love to hear from you guys. 888-344-1170. I'm going to take a look at the polls during the break and see what uh, what people are saying uh, around the country. And again, we want to hear from you. 888-344-1170. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K Show. Ed is on Twitter at Eagle Ed. Is it Eagle Ed Martin or just at Eagle Ed? At Eagle Ed Martin. At Eagle Ed Martin. So y'all stay tuned. Come on back. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's post-debate analysis here on The Answer San Diego. People are still, I'm looking for some uh, polling on the debate, and I'm not really seeing any at this point. So um, that tells me that that. Um, many might think that Trump won. Otherwise, if if they thought it was a Biden landslide, we might be hearing that. Yeah, uh, joining me exactly. tonight is my buddy Ed Martin of the Pro America Report. Follow him on Twitter at Eagle Ed Martin. You seen anything on the polls? I'm not yeah. seeing anything yet. Oh, you know, you, well, I, not much. And I think you're right exactly with that. But I did see this one. There's a tweet over uh, on from uh, uh, Spanish speaking Telemundo <laughs> after the uh, debate. And this is no kidding. Oh, pr- their preference of their viewers. Who won the debate? 66% for Trump, 34% for Biden. Is that right? So that's right? kind of interesting. Yeah, isn't that interesting? So, uh, hey, Andrew, let's go to John. I'm sorry, I was, I was messing up on the, in the break. Let's go to John Schlafly. Okay. I, I watched the debate with John Schlafly. He's the, he writes a weekly column over at our sister site, townhall.com. He is, of course, the oldest son. You might, listeners to my program hear from John almost every week, usually about his column, The Schlafly Report, again, available at townhall.com. But he's the oldest uh, child of Phyllis Schlafly and worked closely with her for decades. John, we watched the debate together here at the Phyllis Schlafly center in washington dc um what are your thoughts well uh hello ed and uh andrea um you know the debate was a rough and tumble debate uh you know some people might say that it did it was a food fight between the two sides and you know some viewers don't like that so uh i it's not clear how the average undecided viewer out there, if there are any, would react. Because it seemed that uh, both sides, for people who would uh, object to the food fight aspect, um, you know, both sides were guilty of that, Mm -hmm. I would say. What about, John, we were talking earlier with uh, Jenny Beth Martin and also Dinesh D'Souza about uh, the issue of law and order. And I thought I think you commented to me briefly during the break uh, exchange. You also thought you thought that was powerful enough. But at the very end of the debate, almost as it was ending, it went over by about five minutes of the scheduled time. There was a back and forth on mail in ballots and voter integrity. And you thought that the president hit that pretty well. Tell me what your what your thoughts were on that. I thought that uh, Trump was quite strong uh, 
there. And he, you know, what's great about Trump is that he will not uh, apologize or give in to his critics. And just as he uh, wouldn't give in to the insinuations from Chris Wallace about white supremacy, which is an outrageous accusation, and he, he also stood by his position that if uh, mail-in ballots are not counted properly according to standard procedures, uh, then the election is not cannot be relied on to determine the president. And, you know, we've had, uh, just in the last couple of weeks, we've had uh, court decisions which have ordered states to hold open the deadline for receiving mail-in ballots from three days to six days to, in one case, even 10 days after the election for the ballots to arrive. And uh, I agree with Trump that we just can't allow any valid ballots to be accepted or counted unless they show up at the polling place on election day. And uh, and this thing about coming in days later mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, with or without a postmark, that's crooked that's a crooked election and trump is right to call a halt to that and say we will not accept that as being valid on the presidential election john andrew k here i to me one of the best moments for me for president trump was when he was discussing and they were talking about accepting the the election integrity and he president trump uh, addressed joe biden and it, it was about his role in the in the coup and he said there was no there was no peaceful transition of power for me in fact joe biden you participated it was you who actually called for to use the logan act against general flynn and the way he said it in that moment was less attacking and it was more you could feel his heart in that moment of what was done to him and what was done to general flynn and that to me was an incredibly powerful moment that i haven't heard anybody else talk about and i wish trump had actually even carried it a little bit farther he did say it's all been you know caught on tape so to speak to use a euphemism and you know the truth is coming out and i thought in that moment what a shame it was for him that the durham report is not out and um that we don't have that information for the american people how do you perceive that information about the coup, Durham's, they're not going to be, there's not going to be indictments. We know that. But we do have these reports coming out about what was done to General Flynn and the lies that were told against him. And that is an election integrity issue on top of all these mail-in ballots. And Trump's kind of out there hanging by himself. Do you think that the the voters, it resonates with the voters? Yes, I certainly do, Andrea. And you're you're so right about that. I, I listened to the uh Argument General Flynn, unfortunately, was in court yet again today before Judge Emmett Sullivan and his lawyer, Sidney Powell, did a terrific job in pointing out the the crookedness behind his uh, uh, charges. But, uh, you know, Biden opened the door to that when he talked about the transition mm-hmm. and and and. President Trump jumped on that, as you say, and he said, you talk about a transition. He said, I never had a transition because during what was supposed to be a peaceful transition of power, uh, you, when you were vice president, Joe Biden and the president Obama were plotting to, um, you know, to undermine not the peaceful transition, but to undermine the transition mm-hmm. and uh, and using uh uh, a great General Flynn as a, a tool, basically, mm-hmm. to, uh, you know, General Flynn, you know, I don't, the truth is, I think that 
the the effort against him was an effort to get Trump. And that was what was really behind this. And there's more more shoes to drop, uh, more things to come out. And I'm like you. I'm sorry. We're not going to hear from uh, Durham before the election. Uh, John, I want one more uh, thing about the um, the climate change section. I felt like we were going back in time, like five years to a period where we're talking about the climate change. Do you believe in climate change? Do you believe in man's contribution to climate change? You know, this kind of we're going to ask you over and over again, because that's the talking point of the left. Uh, On the other hand, it should have been an opportunity. I guess it was a little bit for the president to say, look, I'm for everything that gives us energy independence. I'm just not for giving our business and driving them into the ground. But the president uh, got Biden to denounce the Green New Deal. Um, I hate to say it. I think that's better for Biden because the, 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 the left isn't going anywhere. They believe they control him anyway. So I think the rest of the country looks up and says, oh, good. At least he's not for the Green New Deal. Um. Yes, and uh, I think the president could have been better if if he had said that, you know, if he'd pivoted to China at that point. Right. Because China is the biggest contributor to, well, if, 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 if there is human contribution to global warming, it's, uh, you know, a disproportionate amount is coming from China and India. And, uh, and yet they're not being asked to surrender their economic development. Only the United States is. Mm-hmm. And Trump could have made that point stronger than he did. Yeah, he yep, did talk exactly. about right, John, he, he did. Oh, I'm sorry. He, okay. I just want to say, yeah, he no. did talk about the smog and everything in the over in China, but he yeah, didn't make it as concisely right. as John just just did. Maybe John can can assist in the next debate prep. And Martin, what do you think? <laughs> well, I think you're right. But, Andrew, you said something. I think you're right about this, that your instinct and your and history. The first debate's tough for a president. He's used to saying everything he wants and everybody says how great you say it, boss, you know, and all. He's got to get back into the flow. I think a little bit of that. So I think he did fine. Uh, Andrea, let's take a quick break. Thank you, John Schlafly, that John Schlafly, who writes a column over at townhall.com, Schlafly Report, each Tuesday evening it posts over there. Also available, all the archives of John Schlafly's columns at phyllisschlafly.com. But we'll take another break and come back and wrap things up on our coverage of the debate, the first debate. It's Andrea Kay and Ed Martin here on The Answer San Diego. Be back in a moment. Post-debate analysis on The Answer San Diego is presented by Balance of Nature. Go to balanceofnature.com, keyword health. Welcome back to tonight's post-debate analysis here on The Answer San Diego with Andrea Kay and Ed Martin. And, uh, you know, Biden, I will say, Ed Martin, I think that Biden actually did better physically. I think he held up better than some people thought. I I wonder if he took balance. I wonder if he took balance in nature, you know, boosted his immune system a little bit because that's what I do. And people people ask me, do you really take balance in nature? I do take balance in nature, Ed, and I suggest that you do as well. I get 10 servings of 31 fruits and vegetables a day. I've never felt better and had more energy. And um, if you guys want to b- give a boost to your me- I'm not going to tell anybody that they're going to be like me and go nine months without a cold or a virus. But I will tell you that I have never felt better. And one thing that we should have learned by now, Ed Martin, is that it, it, your, your immune system is key. That's how we internally fight off viruses. So right now, there's free shipping and 35% off of a preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com and use the discount code HEALTH, H-E-A-L-T-H. Okay, so Ed, I've got some analysis here. I did find some debate um, uh, response from YouGov. And YouGov figures um, uh, on who won the debate, 48% for Biden, 41% for Trump, 10% for a tie. 
69% were annoyed by the debate. Only 17% felt informed. 83% felt the debate was negative. And um, that's about it. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I, look, I think it's going to be a mixed bag. I mean, one of the, here's, the, here's the really uh, sort of cynical way to say it. We won't know until some things next couple of days how the, you know, the catchphrases catch on, you know, how the media drives them. And that's maybe more dangerous because it'll be the mainstream media and big tech that'll try to frame our answers. Mm-hmm. I've I, really been the, the, the number one insight of this po- post-debate entire conversation wasn't from Dinesh D'Souza, Jenny Beth Martin or John Schlafly. It was your point that the, an, a president, incumbent president, always seems to come into the first debate and doesn't quite have it totally sharp. Mm-hmm. And I kind of felt that tonight. I thought the president, he was good. He was, you know, he was himself. He was, he's not going to change his personality. If you want to see a genteel president, check in four years or eight years or 12 years from now. It's not going to be this guy. He's going to be a street brawler. But I also think he missed opportunities. He didn't quite have the top of his game. So I think your insight was the right one. I think he, I think the next time he'll be better. And I think, you know, look, we're in for a five week slog, mm-hmm. literally five weeks from today. We're in an election day and it's just going to be a brawl and a battle from start to finish. And we're going to, you know, finish that finish line. And maybe as the president said in months, we'll know an answer. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a, there's a tweet. I don't even know who Michael Berry is, um, but I like this tweet um, because, you know, I do think that Trump missed some opportunities, but right now that the the narrative being pushed out there is that Biden behaved well and, you know, and, and he was only flustered because Trump was interrupting him to death. And Chris Wallace just allowed things to get out of control. Not that he did anything wrong. And, you know, it's like, excuse me, but if I was the president of the United States and been facing a coup attempt with the with the entire weight of the federal government going after me and my family and somebody's up here, uh, you know, spewing lies all day about me, 365 days a year and up here on the debate stage i might you know have a little bit of a bad tone uh, tone as well and michael berry says you'd be peed off too if the fbi spent years illegally spying on you and trying to destroy you you might not sit quietly and trust a biased moderator to hold accountable the former vp who directed it against you so yeah i think yeah. i'd be amped up too so i can't i can't fault him tonight for his jumping in and interrupting and brawling, because you know what? A, that's one thing that we love about Trump, and B, how can you blame him, Ed Martin? Well, and and but I'd also say one more thing. Uh, uh, if you want to talk about aspects of sort of who lost the debate, you you just can't. You, I, look, when I ran for office, I learned a lot of things about being a candidate. One of the things you can't do is you can't say shut up to your opponent. Mm-hmm. Can't say shut up to a, a, a questioner. You can't call somebody a clown. These are the things that Biden did that showed a lack of discipline, a lack of uh, sort of a quality of not of candidate. I'm not saying his character. I don't think it's his character. But that that those are those are slip ups that are that are amateurish. They're not big league b- b- plays, and they don't sit. And I'll tell you, when you say shut up, maybe maybe everyone thinks we're coarse. But he, he, Biden was supposed to be the the uh, sort of genteel one. That he was positioned as the nice guy. Saying "shut up, man," it, it frames Biden as a kind of 
classless guy and it doesn't help it's, it's a little bit like i'll tell you mate with a smile i'll tell you this but I, I, one time i met a very capable politician he said uh, are you going to shave that goatee if you run for office and i said why and he said three to five points and i said what do you mean he said name the last politician that won with a beard you know with any kind of facial hair that's how it works and and, and my point is in politics you know things when you say shut up man when you say you're a clown that doesn't help you it hurts you and uh, trump was able to goad him into that so uh, look I, excuse me, I think it was kind of a wash tonight in a way. But as, as Dinesh said, uh, Trump won by being Trump and Biden slipped by looking light. I think you're right. And I, I, I think that, you know, some people might say that it was actually a good strategy on Trump's part to jump in, Trump's part to jump in and interrupt like he did, because, you know, Wallace was was feeding hoaxes and lies and propaganda and setting Trump up with nothing but yes or no questions. You know, did you did you pay yes or no $750 in 2016 do you believe right. in climate science yes or no what is wrong you know do you do you disagree with sensitivity training yes or no he was acting like he was a prosecutor interrogating somebody on the witness stand you know uh, you know right. I, or i almost wish trump had said to him you know put down the flashlight officer the body's in the trunk you know what are you trying to do i mean talk about disrespect <laughs> to the president of the united yeah. states was this moderator tonight it was absolutely ridiculous i do have to make a comment though speaking of hair uh-huh. trump's hair tonight was almost like not even weird it was almost normal do you think that was strategy? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, yes, I think he's smart enough to know. Again, I've always told the story. I'll tell it real quickly again to you, uh, to Andrea, our listeners. Uh, when I did my stint at CNN, I went into Jeff Zucker's office. I only met him once. And in the conversation, I said, what was Trump like at The Apprentice? Because Jeff Zucker, who runs CNN now, was the guy in charge of The Apprentice. And he hired Donald Trump. And he told me Trump was obsessed with being number one. He cared about the lighting, the the furniture, the phrases, the people, everything. And I, this president did 14 years as a TV star. He knows exactly mm-hmm. how you have to look, mm-hmm. what it looks like, how you, you know, he, so I think his hair was uh, better because he knew he was on a special stage. He, uh, you know, got that uh, look going and, uh, and he, his face, he knows exactly the role. He, it is theater and he's a great the- theatrical performer, knows exactly what he's doing. So yeah, I think his hair was uh, probably intentionally looked pretty good. <laughs> intentionally almost normal i don't think he lost any yeah i don't know that trump gained any votes tonight but he didn't lose any either and you know what at this in this climate that president trump is in with the attacks coming and the fake news you know you talk about to see it you you know you you, i don't know how you you're such a good guy ed martin you've been around and because you've been so inside politics for so long but i don't know how you're able to go into cnn and be and bump up against those people that spent three years lying all day every day that there was actual evidence to prove president trump had colluded with the russians to interfere with an election and you know uh, and they continue to lie and do so uh, you know it, it's it, imagine let's imagine for a moment ed martin what what kind of landslide we would have if we had an honest media well that is really and and i'll say it differently i'll spin that around on you 35 days left for, you know five weeks from tonight and what's the media going to do to try to stack the deck right there? They're so dishonest and they're so uh, un, unfair 
that they're going to try to brainwash us, right? They're doing it every day. It was, like I said, two weeks ago, it was the Atlantic Monthly saying Trump said mean things about the military. Two days ago, it was the New York Times saying Trump's taxes are, uh, you know, an embarrassment. Two hours ago, it was another magazine saying Trump said bad things about religious leaders. And, And all of the media picks up the other reports, these reports, and says them as true. Mm-hmm. They're going to have an impact on us, and we're at their at their mercy in some ways. It really scares me. It does me too, because two of those hoaxes that you just mentioned were pushed out as fact tonight in this debate. Yeah. So we've got another debate coming up in a couple of weeks. What's it going to be between now and then? One of the things that I wish Trump had, you know, there was so much that he, there was only so much he could say tonight, but one of the things that wasn't in his Trump uh, taxes was any ties to Russia, nor was there any, right. anything in there that had to do with Stormy Daniels, and nor was there anything in there that he had done anything wrong illegally. So um, exactly. final thoughts for us, Ed Martin, with a minute left as we well, as we wrap well, up tonight and go into the election. Only this. 2020 is the most amazing year. We probably just saw one of the most amazing presidential debates, and we got five more weeks and probably a couple of months after that of, uh, of this incredible 2020 uh, political year. Well, um, it was great to share this time with you, and um, I, I, yes. I look forward to being back with you for our next post-debate analysis. And we want to keep the conversation ro- rolling with you guys. Follow Ed at Eagle Ed Martin. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. We're both on Facebook. Ed Show is Pro-America Report. Mine is the Andrea K. Show. And we thank you guys for being here.